Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen. We are thrilled to join you on 610 ESPN, ready to help you move into the weekend talking about all the news in the world of sports. Jeff, two Thursday nights of good football in a row. Did you stay awake for NFL Thursday night football? I watched the Seattle Highlighters. <laughs> Seriously. Who who does what colorblind person picked the color of that jersey? They are the they are the worst jersey in sport. Just the whole uniform. The fact that they go pants and shirt with that and ugly the shoes. color. Russell Wilson goes with the shoes too. And it's that. just brutal. Yeah. And but, I'm the colorblind they, kid, so I don't even know what color I'm seeing on the screen at this point. But, but. when when you watch Russell Wilson. Oh my God, he's is, so good. Is he? He gets overlooked as one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL every year. And I did you see that throw in the corner the of the end zone? The throw and catch to Tyler Lockett, How? where he got both feet down. That it was so. I got to ask: Was he throwing it away? No. Or was no? He was not. He was throwing it to the spot. And even better than the throw, that spot in real was, time did not look was, like he could have his feet in. And they clearly were. Lockett jumped and got both feet in. That was so good. That that game that game was really good. It, it was it was a lot of fun to watch. And it was on Thursday night. It was. It, it totally went against everything I believe it's in. Screwing up your anti Thursday. But rant. but but I don't know who's next Thursday is. But I'm sure it'll stick. More again. important than whether the game was good. Yeah. How did your fantasy football team start off its week? Chris, I have Chris Carson, and he had 19 point something points. I don't. So I'm we not. were talking about this before the show. <clears throat> How much do you hate me now for getting you into fantasy football? Oh, I despise you. <laughs> I despise you. And you despise my it, evil it, laugh it, it, about it. It is too. so bad. Look, did, who did we ask last week if, if they're doing fantasy football? Was it Bob Stoops? No. Who did we ask? Oh, we uh, asked somebody that we had on. So we're even getting those people involved in this fantasy nonsense. Everybody is going to be playing, and you will now be focused on your fantasy team, making trades. You, you said you experienced your first loss last week. Not quite going the way you hoped it would. You didn't have to bring that up. <laughs> I was going to go undefeated. Uh, I would have if Barkley didn't get hurt. Okay. I'd have been six feet tall if I didn't stop growing at 5'6", <laughs> but I'm not. <laughs> You're not six feet tall? Not quite. Oh. Not quite. And it won't ever happen in my lifetime. Or mm. my son. He has no shot at it. You ever see Gulliver's Travel? No. Watch it. It's your chance. I hate you... to I hate to do that to you on the air where you throw up a reference that I don't know. Did you read Gulliver's so Travel? Early, yes. Did you read books in school? I did read the book. Yeah, but in I, South Jersey, did they but like I did not teach literature? Can we get into some football here? We were talking football. Not Gulliver's Travel. Oh, all right. You, Eagles, want, you want to get into Eagles football. Eagles back at the link this week. Hey, can we just give a little... I know we'll talk about college football later, but can we give a little shout out to the temple that won again last night they turned the lights out they're four and one did anybody expect them to be as good as they are well, i don't think so i think they did when we were well, there you yeah. could tell that they thought that they had something nobody else predicted it but yeah they but thought... doesn't everybody think that at the beginning of the season i mean, I, I mean it, it could have been false bravado but you're right there was there was a sense of confidence and we had and been coach there the Carey year before that with sense. jeff collins who yeah. we thought was a good coach with what seemed like a good team, mm -hmm. and they did not have that confidence that they had when we went this year to sit. And well, yeah, them. but Jeff Collins is a different kind of coach. Yep. He's a he's a marketing guy. I mean, he could literally sell blocks of ice to penguins. It, I mean, it, it that's just his thing. He's coach Carey starts selling ice at Georgia Tech soon. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot hotter there. The ice won't stay. Um, but. Coach Carey's more uh, an old school football coach. He's not. A, he's not a marketing guy. Did you see the controversy? What with the lights? With the gambling, Jeff. Oh, these you, things you, you matter and your, now. Go ahead. So the lights went out. I totally for, sidetracked you. Go ahead. The lights went out for fifteen minutes, mm -hmm. and when they came back on, 
Temple got a recovery return for a touchdown uh, from a fumble by Chappelle Russell. The over under uh, the the line was twelve. If the touchdown would have counted, it would have been seventeen. Instead, Temple won by ten because the play was waved off. Not a happy night for gamblers. The, my favorite waved part, off why? Uh, they said that his forward progress was stopped before the ball was ripped out. But the ESPN announcers clearly knew what the line was on oh, the really? game because during the hollering back and forth, they referred to it as a very impactful play. Oh. It was 27-17 with right. no time that left. The, only impact, the impact wouldn't play. have been who wins and loses. Yeah. So now look, clearly was when money. I had money on games in the past, which I may have done occasionally at some mm. time in my life, yeah. it was a very impactful play to me. But the only people who found it very impactful were people who had money on it. Either way, Temple 4-1 much better than a lot of people predicted them to be. See if they can keep it going, right? Yep. All right, All right. Let's hit the Eagles now. All right. Eagles-Jets. I'm hoping I can breathe through a game this week. Uh, Eagles have won eight it's of their— It's the Jets. Eagles have won eight of their last 12 games at home. They have the second-best home-winning percentage since 2016. Take a breath. Going in at 2-2 two and two as opposed to 1-3 and three right. is a huge difference. Yeah. Uh, that just— um, the Eagles, have, uh, unless unless they lose to the Jets, and the, and then they've never it's all for naught. They've never actually lost to the Jets in regular season. I didn't know that. They're so a, so did, did they ever play when Kotite was the Eagles coach <laughs> and beat the Jets? They must not have played him in those years. I don't no? know. We got to go back and and check. Or is the, that one of the games Kotite actually won? Well, to, maybe one of the ones <laughs> he won. They're a fourteen and a half point favorite this week. Uh, yeah, they better win. Your thoughts on that? So who are you taking? On. If you were, uh, as I air quote this, if you were betting, who I would you take? I would probably take the Eagles as anxiety. You would take 14 and a half points? Okay. Sam Darnold is out again. So right. that, mean Luke, that means Luke Falk's playing. Yes. The Jets, offense, Washington the State Jets offensive line has allowed 13 sacks this season. That's third worst in the NFL. Right. Their tight end is still sitting out with a suspension from the start of the season. Their backup tight end sat out practice this week. Their starting left guard missed practice on Wednesday and may and not And their defense play. is not playing they've as well averaged as they, they three, were supposed they've to. They've averaged three yards per rush this season. Their starting wide receiver, Demarius Thomas, missed practice this week with a hamstring but was limited yeah, well, he Thursday. Has, Demarius Thomas so has not been great. I think by product of the Jets, I would take that number for the Eagles. Mm-hmm. But I would definitely be anxious knowing what the Eagles have in the secondary that Luke Falk could throw it up there and anybody could catch it on some of the guys we have it's back It's still there. Luke Falk. Now, look, he's another Washington State. If he can, if he can channel Gardner Minshew, then then maybe. But Did he, Nick Foles lose his second job? No. He, he's not going to be the starting no, quarterback no, 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 when no. he's healthy. Well, I doubt he's going to be healthy this year. Do you think he's going to be back this year? Yeah, I think their intention was to bring him back week 13, week 14. And I don't think he's going to get Collar the Collarbone injury? I I think that they intended to to bring him back, Look, and I don't think he gets so, the job. So here's the deal with Minshew Mania. If he didn't have the cheesy mustache, which can be referred to as another type of mustache, and, and, and he didn't <laughs> and he didn't wear clothing the way he wore clothing, is Gardner Minshew that much of a phenomenon? The answer is no. He's actually playing well. well. I don't know. Daniel he's Jones looks well. like somebody going to an eighth grade dance, and, he, right? and they've got mania going on there with the Giants. You were there last week. Tell me what you saw in that stadium at MetLife. Y.A. Tittle not, apparently walked out on the field. I was going to say, not what you saw on the field. I want you to get to that in a second. What did you see in the stands? Because you've been bitching and moaning the last few weeks about yeah. fans going overboard, about players they have who are supposedly totally the gone overboard. 
I I could swear to you that Y.A. Tittle came out on the field and was ready to play when Daniel Jones walked out on the field. They are insanely over the top on on Daniel like Jones. Like more than Eagles fans are on Miles Sanders over the top? Because I know that that's been a, a, like yeah, a thing in your, No, th- this, your this is way over. I mean, the, the, the roar that came when he came out, you would think he just won four straight Super Bowls. The, the way that he walks out on the field and, and they They crave. never cheered Eli like that? And, and, well, that, that's the amazing thing is Eli's still on the sideline. <laughs> you know, he, he's a borderline Hall of Fame quarterback. He's won them multiple Super Bowls, and people just want to forget that he exists at this point. I, I mean, the what have you done for me lately in sports, hey, that was the microcosm of it right there is to watch what's going on there. And they, and they won two games. Now, Keep in mind, Washington is putrid. Uh, well, I'm going to get to them in a minute. All right, because because uh, I got some things to say I about stick that to the side Giants. of the ball. So here's what I figured. I figured but the we, Giants did this without Golden Tate and without Saquon Barkley. I figured we'd go through the NFC East a little bit since you saw two of the teams last mm-hmm. week, and then we'll break down the Eagles since we talked about the Jets a little bit, what we're going to see. So right. with the Giants, yeah. what did you actually see with Daniel Jones? He didn't have some of his weapons there that were mm-hmm. out. Did you see the player that will He's live it, up to the hype? Well, I don't look. I can't tell from one game again. Washington. Take a whether, stand, Jeff. Whether he'll live up to the hype. You see a guy who is in command, and the thing is, if you watch the Giants over the last decade. You have Eli Manning, who who looks like he's in cement most of the time, right? He's he's besides Tom Brady, is there a slower quarterback in the NFL? It's amazing what happens when you give your receivers one second extra. Yeah, D- Daniel Jones moves around, and, and that excites people. He doesn't. He's not a running quarterback, but he's a quarterback who gives himself. He's like Ben Roethlisberger, in, in that he would g- he'll give you time for guys to get open. He can you slide know, in the pocket and move around, and yeah, and, and, and if he miss- needs to, he can run. He, I mean, he, 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 I think he ran for a touchdown. So he's he is a guy who's got a lot of those things, and he's very accurate. Um, he, there was one bad pass he made, but for the most part, he gets rid of the ball quickly. He can give time, and he seems in control, which is impressive well, for a guy who's a rookie. And for a team that did not have that emotion the first few weeks of the season. You can tell that the players are fired up to play with him. Yes, there, there's a difference mm-hmm. in the way that that team is playing. So you don't, and I they're don't, dangerous because they believe. I don't okay? think that so. They're, they're two and, and two. Don't right get now. carried away. They're not. You know, they're still the Giants in terms of. Oh, their got defense sucks. Out. They still have Janoris Jenkins <laughs> yeah. back there, and as long as Janoris Jenkins is but one of your, your they're corners. not the pushover where it's just you and Dallas this season for the Eagles going after. No, it. and their their offense when they when they get they're getting Golden Tate back this week. Okay, so now you have Shepard on one side, Tate on the other side, and you have one of the best tight ends in the game, and then you have when Barkley comes back because I Wayne Gall Wayne Gallman I will tell you for for. All I kept thinking last week watching Wayne Gallman was, if you remember, on, we were on the air doing a live draft show a couple of years oh God. ago. I know. He was and, taken right after And do Pumphrey. you remember I said I wanted Wayne Gallman yes. in that spot? And you remember who they took? Donnell Pumphrey. Bingo. I am aware yeah. of this. Jeff, now, Gallman not is let, not as good as as his game was last week. That's just how bad Washington not is. let me forget that draft pick since it was made. Oh, because it was horrible. You bring it up. 
all the time. I will never, ever live that down. <laughs> ever. Either will the Eagles. Uh, How's that? The Redskins last week, you got to see them. They benched Case Keenum, who supposedly is now banged up. Wow, was he bad. They brought in Dwayne Haskins, who supposedly... And wow, coach, was he bad. Who supposedly the coach didn't want to draft, but the owner did. And this week, they're not starting either of them. They're starting Colt McCoy. So, he, so here's the thing about Washington. How many times did they, are they going to go through... Having a quarterback that the coach doesn't like, and then the coach puts him out there to basically get obliterated. To fail in we, front did, of the owner's face. Did we face. not have this with Shanahan and RG, RG3 a few years ago? And now again, you have Haskins going out there. Now, I'm not saying that the Giants made the right decision long term, but in the short term, man, I and I wanted Haskins. Uh, if I was starting a team, I thought from his college resume – that I would want Haskins, and Big I for say a Michigan that, man to say right. that about an Ohio Remember, State Remember, I said guy. that about. It's hard for does me that, to say. I was these say does that hurt you? Yes, it does. <laughs> but I thought he was going to be, a, and maybe he will. Maybe just this Washington team is that bad. But he didn't look like he knew anything that was going on. I mean, he was not able. The Giants don't run a difficult defense, and. He just didn't know what to do with the ball. Does Jay Gruden survive the season? He shouldn't have survived that game. <laughs> they should have fired him at halftime. There's, there is no way. Jay Gruden, how has he survived this long with this little success? Look, uh, as an Eagles fan, I, I ain't mad at it. But <laughs> and, and by the way, how about, how about the, the Washington players coming out and going after Kirk Cousins? And saying that all he cared about was his stats, and now you have you got Adam Thielen a, calling him out. Basically, Alan, in Minnesota. At, not only did Adam Thielen call him out in Minnesota, did you hear Stefan Diggs at his press conference? No, I missed they, that. They said, you know, what do you, what do you say about the rumors that you want, you're asking for a trade? And he said, Oh, there's, there's truth there's, in all rumors. Yeah, I I did hear that. <laughs> what are they gonna do? They signed him to a long term deal. Yeah, he's he does not seem to be the guy. No, and they anywhere they don't seem to have a backup plan there. Yeah. Uh, the Cowboys lost to New Orleans on Sunday night. That's How about huge. Cowboys? That's huge for the Eagles because yeah. now they're the Cowboys back. had a light start to the season with their schedule. They took advantage of yeah, it. Yeah, talk about overhyping a team. How much did you hear from the national media after three games against three of the worst teams in the league? that the Cowboys' offense was just going to run rampant over the league, and they faced New Orleans and scored 10 points? Yeah. How it, does that happen? Uh, without Drew Brees. Yeah. New Orleans. Well, no, I'm just talking about on de uh, on offense. The Cowboys were supposed to be unstoppable. Well, they're stoppable. Yeah. Uh, and they've they're got, not that they've good. They've got some injuries. The receiving core is not that good. They've got some injuries now. They play Green Bay this week, but in terms of people who – the sky was falling a week ago because the Eagles could be one and three and the Cowboys could be four and zero. Oh. Now they're three and one and the Eagles are, are two and two. Are you suggesting people overreact? I would never suggest no. that ever, and I'm not one of those people who does not overreact <laughs> no. at all. I would never do that. Uh, were you surprised at all? That I'm going to start saving all your texts and just reading them on just air. Just sending How's it that? back to yeah. me. Uh huh. Okay, that sounds good. Uh -huh. uh, we'll we'll see call it the sky is falling segment. <laughs> all right. You want to name so many segments now. Uh, it's branding, man. Vontez Burfik suspended for the rest of the season bye after bye. his helmet to helmet hit. You surprised at all? No, and, and, and because he is a walking penalty machine, <laughs> and and he it's not all, anymore. He's out for the season. Well, I know, but I mean, he has a long, long history of just dirty, dirty play, and and this one, I mean, he clearly was looking to take that guy's head off, 
And, you know, I've heard people say it's Jack Doyle's fault because he was trying to get up. If how, he, da- how dare he? If he was if he if he wasn't trying to get up, he wouldn't they wouldn't have hit him in the head. Well, let me explain something to you. Physics. If you're getting oh, up, oh god. Ready? Don't make me go back Hold to on. school. If you if if one guy's getting up and the other guy's coming at him and hits him in the head as he's getting up, that would mean that he was intentionally trying to go over the top of him and not hit him if he stayed down. You are giving me flashbacks to when I was an engineering major right now, and I really don't want to go I, there. Okay, so if one train's coming from the south nope, going nope, 37 miles an hour, but we're, why do people think that this wasn't going to happen with him? It was clear that it was not going to work out. The biggest surprise to me was how was he the captain? How was he the the biggest surprise to me was that the Raiders defended it (laughs) as if he didn't do anything wrong. Because John Gruden, every everything he has touched so far has turned to dirt. I mean, think about it. He he came there. He got rid of the best, maybe the best defensive player in the league, Khalil Mack, who made the Bears a playoff team. Single handedly made the Bears a playoff team. Right. And and in return, now he got Vontez Perfect, who's banned from the league. Antonio Brown, who's been cut from how many teams now this year? A couple. And and, and he's bananas. And and you have. Can we talk about, by the way, Antonio Brown? The final story about what, him he's going to sue people was broken by Sports Illustrated, which basically now is laying off a ton of their writers. Why? They were bought by a new media company, and apparently they're going to use oh, okay. bloggers and yeah. stringers. I thought you were. Bl- I thought you were blaming. Uh, no, no, Antonio I'm just saying, Brown. like, like it, it, they were going to let Brown keep playing until that final story came out of the additional things. Mm-hmm. That, like, that kind of reporting is starting to go away a little bit, which is going to be difficult for for fans to not really know what's going on. Anyway, back back to the Eagles. Sports Illustrated has been. I, I mean. For my generation, maybe for yours, I don't know. I mean, Sports Illustrated was something that you had every week. It was something you look forward to getting in the mailbox. It was yeah, and when your team won, they would be right. They would on be the, on the cover, right and you the, would dread it. But or like right because it was the sto- Sports right, Illustrated jinx. Right after the team won, they'd have like the special edition with all like the autographed everything, and mm-hmm. you could buy it. I just remember my brother was a Bulls fan growing up, so I don't know how that happened. By yeah. the way, it's just. You know, whatever. He liked oh, the, uh, I think it's a he, fair he weather liked, fan, maybe. He, he liked the colors, actually. Jordan came. Oh, second. get out! <laughs> Jordan, Jordan. He was a fair weather fan. Oh yeah, without yeah, a doubt. it had to be. Love my brother, but yeah. clearly a fair weather fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at what the Eagles have was done. Was he a Cowboys fan too? No, no, oh, okay. he was a Phillies fan. Right. I mean, he was still a Sixers fan, but he liked the the Bulls. I think he liked the logo. Um, Eagles have the fewest sacks in the NFL. Their 1.7 percent sack rate would be the worst in NFL history over a full season. Whew. That's pretty good, bad. Good right? thing it's only a quarter of the way through, huh? It is, and and you know that was the part I expected to be the strength of the, the team. defensive line. Yeah, I mean, it, without getting that pressure, it makes the defensive backfield look worse. It exposes them much more. Right? They, they uh, don't you have, have the, to get pressure. They don't have the ability to cover for those that long amount of time. And and but it's sort of the opposite we of Daniel Jones with the Giants. It's giving that extra second. For the opponent there makes your defensive backfield look that much worse. But think about what we were talking last week. We were talking about the fact that you know, Schwartz and his blitzes. Now do you understand more why you need to blitz more because you're not getting it done traditionally. It if depends. you don't have the front three or the front four that's going to get pressure, you have to find ways to stunt, which means you're you're taking risks. It depends you know, on the quarterback, though. 
Because like a lot of these quarterbacks, they get the ball out so fast. Under three seconds, your blitz isn't going to get home anyway. Right. So you have to be sort of creative in what you do. Rodgers luckily didn't burn them as much in the second half. On the, the flip side of that, their run defense has been superb. They've given up 3.2 yards per carry, fourth-best rush defense. They haven't allowed a 100-yard game in the last seven games going back to last season. 33% of their opponents' run have been for no gain or a loss. That's Man, the highest Just rate because you said that this week the Jets will have 130 yards rushing. Well, they're going to have to try and win this game on the ground because mm -hmm. their quarterback isn't going to get it done for them. Well, uh, I don't know. I mean, what do you know about Luke Falk? That he's the third string quarterback. Yeah. That's what I know about <laughs> on the, Luke. On the, on the Jets. Jets. That's what I know about that. Um, the Who's the second string quarterback on the Jets? Uh, he hurt his ankle as soon as he came in. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on it. but yeah, that, he, ju that just shows. He played you. the Monday night game and, and hurt his ankle really bad. It was kind of <laughs> ugly. Uh, the maybe they want Josh McCown back. The defensive backs right now, Sidney Jones may play listed as questionable. Avante Maddox still out after the neck injury. So who's playing? Us? Not not many people. Should we, should we go try out for that they, this week? They haven't made many moves yet. I might be able to do better at that than I did at uh, basketball. I wouldn't do good at either. Well, it's less running. I would not. I get, more, I get more chance to take a breath. <laughs> I don't think that you would do very well. <laughs> Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> I think you're over. Are you, wow, you're really going out on a limb on that one, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, I think you're overestimating uh -huh. your ability. On, Just uh, call me toast. On the offensive side of the ball, their red zone offense is eight, eighth in the league. They've got 11 touchdowns. That's the highest for them since 2005. Um, that's what's keeping them in this right now is their red zone efficiency. Yeah, and, and that's without Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey, especially with Alshon Jeffrey. Alshon Jeffrey's got eighty. Uh, he's got eight catches for eighty-seven yards on the year. Now remember, he was injured in the second game, missed mm -hmm. the third game, so you know came back in the fourth game. Clearly, wasn't himself. Yeah, you got to give him time to get back in shape. Deshaun Jackson game will be out again this week. You, you know. Um, so so here's a question for you: If the I don't take if, questions. It, if it wasn't the Jets, yes, would Deshaun Jackson be playing this week? I'll ask it a different way. Should he be playing? You are. This week? You cannot be answering a question with a question. I think he would be playing. I think if he it would. was a more important game. Yeah. But I don't think he should be playing either way. Right. Because, but I think he. I think because he would. those injuries take a long time to if heal. If it was a division game, I think that there's a chance. If it was, if they're playing be. the Cowboys, yeah. yes. Mm -hmm. if, if they're playing the Redskins, no. So <laughs> well, that's depending true. who yeah. it is in the division. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to throw him out there with everybody. Uh, and by the way, Josh Norman is not so good on on Washington. No, yeah. not at all. Uh, it looked like they got a good running back rotation going last week. You think that Doug's just going to go away from it and throw the ball a ton no, this week? He, no, th this is the kind of game where you just sit there and you just pound it. Which is why it makes me worry that Doug's going to come gonna out and throw, throw the ball yeah, all right. over. I mean, this I is, mean you, have, you have two good running backs when one of them doesn't fumble. That are that can control the line of scrimmage, the offensive line likes the push. It makes everybody happy and it controls the ball. And just this is a game that should be a two and a half hour game. That they just keep the let clock the running. clock move and just run and run and run your, and then dink and dunk. Your prediction for the game? I don't know if it's fourteen and a half. Uh, just because I think that they're just going to burn clock. My guess is it'll be twenty-seven. 17. Right. Only because they get a touchdown. I don't know what late. the numbers are, but I said that it'd be over 14 and a half. I'll probably be wrong with that. I yeah. just want to win at this point. I don't really care. Any other games? Wait, you have to give a score. 
thirty to fourteen. Oh well, then you then you think they will beat the spread? No, I just had to come up with a spread that was over fourteen <laughs> and a half. Any yeah, other that lines is, that involves math? There's some huge lines this week. Uh, in addition to you the you know what that means, right? Huge lines mean bad games. The Colts and the Chiefs, eleven point spread. Bad for the Chiefs. Bad game. Over under fifty six and a half. Patriots at the Redskins, that, 15 and a half. How that, much would you take that the over? Line is, that line is, that game that, I'll take the over. That's screaming. Be, only, only because Bill Belichick doesn't take his foot off the gas. No. Which is so probably he's just gonna annihilate another them. reason why Colt McCoy is starting because Haskins would just be. Did McCoy, was he a backup for, for uh, New England at one point? No, I don't think so. He wasn't one of the many guys that was a backup for them. I don't think so, but uh, don't ask me these questions on the air. All right. You show off my I mean, lack seriously, of what what are the good games? You got Baltimore versus Pittsburgh. The Browns and the Niners on Monday night, Jeff. <laughs> Did you ever think you'd see a Monday night game of the Browns and the Niners? N- no. Well, back in the day, yeah, when Bernie Kosar was the quarterback yeah, that was and like Joe Montana three decades ago, right. Jeff. Well, so <laughs> did I ever think that? Yeah, okay, that's when ag- I thought. Again, it. did you think you would see that? Have we have we gotten over the Browns hype now? Are we no, over? Uh, are we over it now? No. Or is it or is it now going to build? I, I mean, I think the second half of their season, they're actually going to do well. Doesn't seem like anybody's over. By the way, Flyers are up four two now with ten minutes remaining in the third period in over Prague. In Prague. Uh, Tyler Pitlet, uh, Michael Roffel with his goal there. Gritty went international. Jeff, did yeah, you? Gritty, Gritty is a star. Now I would love to see what, like him walking around Prague. That would be hilarious. Well, what What do you think people would think there? Because I don't know. <laughs> do they have mascots in 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 the Czech Republic? I, I doubt no, it. I have no you idea. You all of a sudden you see this big nasty looking orange thing walking around the streets. What would you think if you were them? Can uh, be confused. <laughs> Can we talk about something closer to home in my heart? You got my coach fired, Jeff. Congratulations. And I got score updates for a 52-0 beatdown of Michigan by so, Rutgers So last week. Michigan is not that good this year? They're better than Rutgers. Win- winning, what was it, 50 to nothing? 52. 52 to nothing? Don't cheat yourself out of those points. <laughs> Chris Ash, how he has survived this long The only surprise was me. that they didn't fire him in the stadium and waited till the <laughs> evening for the next Shouldn't day. they have done that two years ago when they, when they lost 77 to nothing at home? They probably should have At least this was on the road. Ago. So now, so the question is, the, the rumor you keep hearing Shiano. is Greg Schiano. Can can you recreate that? I guess I'll call it magic for Rutgers. I mean, magic I is making a bowl game. Owns the land from the house from, from the, the first house from time. before. <laughs> is he is he going to come back? And can he recreate a winning atmosphere again? Because guys who come, it doesn't happen that often that college coaches go back. But I was at Pitt when Johnny Majors came back, and it didn't work so well. I don't know if you can recreate it again, but I guess if anybody in I think if anybody could, I think if anybody could for Rutgers, he could because he came in to a program that basically was where this program is right now. Yeah, I mean the promise of Chris Ash was he was an Ohio State assistant. You thought that he'd be able to recruit, and and what baffles me every single year is how a team that's in the shadow of New York City cannot recruit oh please do you know how all? many coaches i've heard talk about putting a fence around new jersey and keeping their talent at oh home yeah and blah uh-huh. blah blah i'm so sick of hearing it i'm out of school for 20 plus years yeah. now and i still so the, what do you want to do shut down the football program no i just they, they well somebody should be able to do this they should be able to but it's they a good don't. school i'm not a bitter great fan campus. or anything right now yes <laughs> it, it, 
that they sh- they're in a good p- conference in a Power Five conference. How is it that they can't recruit? There's plenty of talent just in New Jersey alone. You're asking a question that Rutgers fans have asked for decades. They should be given where they are. That was the whole point behind going into the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. You have all these logistic advantages, and now all of a sudden you put yourself in a big Power Five conference in the shadow of New York with major TV deals. That was the selling point for Rutgers to the Big Ten, and it has not worked out that way. Uh, Other games this week of interest, speaking of the Big Ten, you've got Ohio State, Michigan State. You've got Michigan, Iowa. Is Michigan State going to wear those ugly green uniforms? Potentially. (sighs) Penn State plays Purdue. Any games catch your eye? Auburn plays Florida this week. That's the one. You've that's got the, yeah that that's the you know that's a that's a SEC battle that's the kind of game that you know and it's just a rivalry I don't there aren't Iowa Michigan it sh- might be closer than I think but I think Iowa is going to beat Michigan even at Michigan I just think Iowa is that good this year What does Harbaugh need to do to survive there I don't think he does I th- I think that at the end of the year that he'll get an NFL offer and then he'll gracefully go. I think I think he's done what he can do there. I think that he's a guy that gets restless and I just I don't know. I, I I'm surprised that he's not the Maverick offensive genius that we came to know from Stanford and the Niners. And then for the Niners. I mean Stanford he had he had Andrew Luck. All right, well, I'm going to so, leave you in your, in you your misery made me very somber. of Rutgers. We'll, we'll hit the break on Sad Jeff, and when we come back, we'll have <laughs> Happy Jeff where he talks about his experience at Sixers Media Day and his sit-down with Trey Burke. Stick with us. Taking you into the weekend with the latest news in the world of sports. With the biggest names on and off the field, it's the heart of sports each and every Friday at 4 p.m. on 610 ESPN. With former players, reporters, and commentators like Adam Schefter, John Runyon, Keith Jones, Trey Thomas, and Doug Glanville, Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen cover the agony and ecstasy of fandom while weaving in conversations about the impact of sports on society. That's the heart of sports, Fridays at 4 p.m. Sports lets people live their dreams, overcome obstacles, and achieve goals. But what's your unimaginable? Do you want to be a part of something bigger than yourself? To push your limits? The A Fatty clothing brand believes we're all capable of going far beyond we previously imagined to overcome your obstacles and achieve your goals. Life gives you the chance to push harder, to dream bigger, and to do whatever it takes to conquer the unimaginable. And to do it with A Fatty on you, the original street leisure clothing brand. Welcome back to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen. Jeff, we'll get to baseball in a little bit because I know that you are in heaven with all of these baseball games on your TV right now, despite the fact that the Phillies aren't playing and we have no idea four what they're play- doing right four, now. Four, four, four playoff games. I was surprised in you came into day. the studio today. I thought maybe I'd have to do the show by myself. <laughs> I thought and about you, call- and calling you, like, in sick. me from home. Yeah. Houston's up four nothing. I'm keeping tabs on the game. <laughs> I want Justin Verlander. I think uh, you're going to have a chance at Garrett Cole. As not Justin Verlander, yeah, well, but we're going to get to that right. in a second. I want to do Sixers first. You keep first. doing that, man. Yeah, hold your thoughts. Yeah. Don't forget them. I, I know that well, you Well, I can. I'm old. I, I wasn't going to go there. You were going to go there. I was going to leave All that be, right. but you decided let's, to go there. All right, let's go Sixers. You were down at Sixers Media Day on mm-hmm. Monday, and I was jealous because I wasn't there, and I, I get jealous of you when you get to do those things. Tell me the feel down there. It seemed like there was a lot come. of excitement. 
and I didn't get an invitation. They don't oh. like me. They didn't invite me, and you didn't invite me. You said you were going, and you need all to All right, next perform. time, you'll, I'll sneak you in. Oh, glad you could do that. Maybe you'll have me in your bag. Uh, anyway. Uh, I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> yeah. um, what did you see down there? Uh, new team, lots of excitement going on. Uh, Brett Brown does not apparently give injury updates anymore. They have nope. staff that, that give it. Uh, tell me what is going on. Everybody had like the same mentality. They already had the business look on their faces. I mean, and they look like they really are happy to be together. I didn't get the sense of that last year, um, and I think Jimmy Butler had a little bit to do with it. I think that this team really likes very quickly being together, and they feel a common sense of purpose. Um, from Joel Embiid, who came in 20 pounds under his weight from last season, um, he looks in better shape. He, he clearly feels the weight of last season's loss. Um, and I, I, I do think what was surprising to me was not that he missed, he's going to miss J.J. Redick, but how vocal he was. And a lot of the players were about the loss of J.J. from a shooting standpoint and the loss of J.J. from a leadership standpoint. That J.J. appeared to be the guy who was getting in people's faces in the locker room when someone needed to get in a player's face. And the question is, I mean, they keep t- the talk is, Ben Simmons is taking more of a leadership role. I don't know how much of a leader he is. I hope he is. Ben Sam- Simmons seems sick of the jump shot questions already. He got a little testy with the reporter asking him about he, it. He, you know, if, if Ben is Ben is never going to be Joel Embiid when it comes to the media. He doesn't need to be. As, as long as he look, take the shots, make the shots, and everybody will be cheering you. You don't then you don't have to do any press stuff if you don't want to. They got. Tobias to do that. Uh, they got now they got some fun guys to do it, like Kylo Quinn. Yeah, you had some they, fun with him. I can't get the audio up, but yeah, how did you get in a conversation with Kylo Quinn about attending bar mitzvahs? So Kylo Quinn had had a, a rep when, uh, when he was up in New York of attending bar mitzvahs. So he's basically like a wedding crasher for religious parties. Uh, I he got <laughs> invited to some, and then it became a thing. And he he's just he's. He's a he. By the way, don't get me wrong. He's a serious guy, and I. Think I was going to say, what was the reaction of people when you had that conversation with him? Well, I asked him if he was hitting the bar mitzvah circuit in <laughs> Philadelphia, and he said he's going to. But so, if you're uh, having one and you'd like a sixer to appear, yeah, Kyle, Kyle Quinn's, Quinn's your guy. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody but, else's personality get you anything else that um, surprised you on day one? The new guys. I mean, a lot of the new guys. There's a lot of new faces on this team that are going to be integral to this team. Um, Go through some of them. Horford, very serious guy. Um, seems, you know, he talked a lot about the why. The reason that he came here is because he said, this is the place I thought I could win now. And, and from somebody like him who's had the experience that he's had, I think that carries a lot of weight. It's not a lot of fluff when he says it. Um, Richardson seems like a serious guy who is going to fit into where they want him to be. Tobias seems like he's ready to step up. He looks like he could and sounds like he could be a leader and like he's going to now be more comfortable shooting the ball and he realizes that and he's been working on it and what a lot of people didn't realize is that he played with a with a foot injury the, the latter half of the season. 
He just didn't complain about it. Now he's healthy. And, you know, people were asking him at media day why he, you know, skipped out on, on the national team. It's all of these guys have a sense of purpose right now. They're not, they're not dogging it when it comes to the national team. They want to win for this city. They all seem very interested in winning for this city. And, and even guys like, like uh, Nito seem like he understands his role. These guys, these guys already, I don't know if it's Brett Brown setting the tone and meeting with these guys, but they all seem to be willing to do whatever they need to do to fit in, and that includes Trey Burke. That's the guy you didn't mention, and you got an extended sit-down with, with Trey Burke. Before we go to the interview, tell me, were you surprised at all talking to him? Is it what you thought going in? We'll, we'll hear his comments. It wasn't, it wasn't what I thought going in. He's a very... He's always come across to me as a serious guy. Now, I, I've known of him from his days at Michigan being the National Player of the Year. Um, but when he got drafted, his game kind of changed away from what he was. While he, he could be a lights-out shooter at times, he could be streaky, his his game was defense. And he's now had to – it didn't work out in Utah. He was a first-round pick, a, a lottery pick. Didn't work out kind of moved around, and last year ended up for a short time in the G League. And what I was really surprised at, because I had heard, I had read other interviews of him when he, when he talks about it, there is no question in my mind that, that he used that opportunity to get back to what Trey Burke is good at. And what he can do as the backup point guard on this team is something that should excite everybody in the city. Well, why don't we go to the interview, and then when we come back, we'll talk more about it. All right, we're here with Trey Burke at uh, Sixers Media Day. Trey, how you doing? Good, how you doing? Good. So, uh, Trey, uh, for Sixers fans, yes. I didn't want to just talk about your offense. I want to talk about your defense. Yes. Um, when you were five years old, there's a story about how you uh, kept stealing the ball and then they wouldn't let you cross half court. Is yep. that true? That's very true. I didn't understand it at the time. I was a kid. Um, I used to always just pick up full court, and I was faster than a lot of the other kids um, in that league for some odd apparent reason. I don't know. I just would take the ball from them. I was the same age as them, too. i just take the ball from them and lay it up. So they made a special rule for me that I couldn't come past half court, and that was when I, where I had to pick up people. Um, so that's something that I always remember about, you know, defense, you know, one of my skill sets on defense is just being a pest, being a hound on the ball. A lot of people talk about my offense, but, you know, Coach Brett Brown, the guys have challenged me on the defensive end, and uh, I think that I could still tap into some of those those early, early moments that I had. When you're five years old, to, to yeah. know that you want to play defense and have that t- tenacity, it has to come from somewhere. Yes. But where, where does Trey say it comes from? I think it comes from... I think it came from football, to be honest. I, I, all the way up until like high school, I liked football and basketball. I loved football and basketball pretty much the same. And I used to play defense on football. I played, um, when I first started on football, I wasn't playing offense. I would play defense. So consciously, when I would get on a, a basketball court, you know, 
that would kind of kick in is that you know, I'm a defensive player as well as an offensive player when I play basketball, not just defense. You know what I mean? Because uh-huh. I was playing football at that time. My dad had me in sports at a, at a young age. So um, I think that kind of helped me take defense serious. Your dad seems to have been a big influence in your life. Of course. But there's also a story I heard about how he uh, basically made you do everything with your left hand. Uh-huh. So, so how did how did that come about and how difficult? I'm done now. I'm trying to do that with my my five year old right now. I think it came about because I was really really good going right. I was strong right handed. Um, I, I was right handed and I was strong right. It showed every time I played. I would go right right right. And he always tell me, you know, you can't play at the next level if you don't have a left hand. You can't make left hand layups. You know, throw left hand passes. And my left was, like, extremely weak at the time. So he was just challenged me. I, I challenge you to do everything with your left hand. Eat with your left, brush your teeth with your left. Do all of these things that you're so comfortable and normally do with your right, with your left hand. And over time, um, after dribbling my left, doing everything my left, it started getting better. And uh, that's something that I'm challenging my, my five-year-old to do right now. I think it, it works. What's it like to be a dad? It means the world to me um, because they try to do everything that they see their, their parent do, everything that my son see me do, he tries to do, whether good or bad. So I keep that in mind. It's like, you know, I have to be sharp when I, you know, when I have someone watching me, um, you know, trying to watch my every step. And uh, I try to, I try to. Not spoiling, you know, obviously it's different when you're a five-year-old and you have a, a parent in the NBA. Um, I'm trying to find that, that thin line, that balance on, you know, giving him what he wants, but at the same time helping him understand that you got to work for what you want in this life. So it's, it's a great it's a great responsibility to have. All right, well, I'm looking at your right arm now. And yes. I really like the, 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 the block in. Yeah, the block in. Yeah. What I don't understand, I mean, I know why, but but the Ohio yeah, above them. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of a it's, difficult thing to have a, all on the same it's arm, isn't it? a contradicting thing, huh? Well, <laughs> if you don't know, I'm from Columbus, Ohio, uh-huh. originally. Uh, Columbus has a special place in my heart. That's hometown. That's where my family is. I love this. I love the city of Columbus, but everyone knows that you know I went to Michigan. And um, to explain this story for those who haven't heard it, because I explained it a million times, <laughs> I, I was recruited by Ohio State late in my recruit, recruitment process in high school, um, but they never offered me a scholarship. Um, and Michigan did. Michigan came like around the time where I was ready to make a decision on where I wanted to play the next level at. And, uh, it all made sense, man. I got down there on campus in Ann Arbor, got to know my teammates, got to see the campus, and it was a no-brainer. Um, I became a Wolverine, and I am a Wolverine at heart. Um, no disrespect to nobody. I do not like Ohio State no more. I grew up an Ohio okay. State fan. I grew up Ohio State fan, but it, it switched, and I, I can say that from my heart. It has switched because I went to Michigan. I actually became a Wolverine, but I'm from Columbus, so I think I'm that kid that, you know, gets an exception. A lot of people, or at least a lot of people say that. I'm not going to get an exception from a lot of people, (laughs) but a lot of people I have heard say, man, you know, we accept you back here at home still in Columbus, but we don't don't like Michigan. And then I have my Michigan fans say, you a Wolverine, we don't like where you're from. You're a Wolverine, you don't like where you're from, just so you know. (laughs) So so what was it like to play for John Beeline? Oh, man, it was... um, 
it meant the world. At the same time, it was a lot of accountability that came with it. And being 18, 19 years old, um, he helped me grow up because I was still immature in a lot of ways. Uh, and he held me responsible for it. any incident, anything that I'd done that, you know, I wasn't supposed to do, he made me pay for it. And I think once I realized that going into my sophomore year that I have a coach that really has my best interest, that really doesn't just care about my talent and um, just really wants to see me do well in life, I, I realized that my sophomore year, after I made a few mistakes off the court, and he made me pay for them, and I had to do extra stuff off the court away from the team. And I think just as an athlete, you appreciate that, knowing that, you know, away from the game, away from being a coach, you know, this is a man that has your best interest and really wants to see you do well. Is it something I you speak highly of him? Is it something you realize at the time, or is it something that as you've gotten older and had your own? I didn't kid, realize maybe... it at the time because. I'm, I'm still trying to find my way. And at Michigan, I wasn't Trey Burke yet. At Michigan, you know, a guy who, you know, we went to the final four. I, I still was trying to find my way and figure out how I was going to, um, you know, dominate on the team. So I, I wasn't really looking at the things that he were doing as beneficial for me in the long run. Um, but as I started seeing more and more success at Michigan, as I started, you know, experiencing some of the things we experienced, Final Four, things like that, I started looking back and thinking back, I'm like, damn, he really, or dang, he really held me accountable for doing this. I had to pay for this, and I had to really do this. And he wasn't, he didn't treat me no different than he tra treated, you know, the 15th man on the, on the team. You respect that about a coach. Have you, now that he's in the NBA, have you circled that game uh, when you're going to get to play against his team? <laughs> yes, it's circled. It's circled. Um, not only is, you know, is my former coach, but it's back at home, too. It's back in Cleveland, or close to home. Mm -hmm. I'm back in Ohio, so I have a lot of family there. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure he, he has a circle, too. Well, with all his players, me, Timmy, Karras, all the guys he coached, you know, it, I think it's an exciting time for him. I wish him the best. So um, you get to the NBA, and, and you, you've had a chance, you've been to on a couple teams, and, and last year you got to play in the G League, and, and we cover the G League a little bit. You've had, you've had a lot of uh, comments, positive comments, about the yeah. G League and what people can get from that. Yeah. What would you tell other people you can gain from the G League as a opposed to seeing it as, as some sort of demotion or step backwards? Uh, yeah, you always have to look at everything in a positive light, regardless of where you are. Uh, that was hard for me when I experienced the G League, because um, I never really saw myself as a G League player. Um, so once it happened, I, I sat back and I was able to look at myself in the mirror and see, you know, what I really needed to work on, what was holding me from being consistently uh, a consistent NBA player or what was holding me back from being, you know, the caliber NBA player that I wanted to be. And I think, you know, moments and um, circumstances like the G League help you kind of re recollect, you know, the things you need to work on and be true and honest to yourself. Um, at least that's what I used my, my experience for. Um, so that's what I'll tell other guys is when you go down there, if you do have to, you know, spend some time in the G League, don't look at it as um, a 
finish line for failure. Like, don't look at it as like you failed. Use it as a crutch. And it's the hardest thing to do. It's a little easier said than done, but I used it as a crutch. And uh, I kind of used it to motivate me, really. And a lot of people counted me out when I went down to the G League. It's like, oh, he's not an NBA player, you know, this, this, and that. And I, you hear those things. You don't want to use those things to just all the way fuel you. But keep them by you. Like, have it somewhere in your camera roll where you can see that stuff and it, it'll really fuel you. It'll have you getting up early before practice and staying late and doing the things that most players don't want to do. And I think G League helped me do that. So what do Philadelphia fans have to look forward to with you this year? Philadelphia fans have uh, to look forward with Trey Burke's excitement, man. Energy, excitement, um, enthusiasm, a lot of oohs and ahs. Um, the way, you know, my style of play, um, very quick, very shifty. So um, just excitement, man, on both ends of the court and a, a competitive guy, a willing fighter each and every night, you know, a guy that's going to fight and uh, you know, play his heart out every time he steps on the court. Joel Embiid needs a new pick-and-roll partner. I think I'm that guy. I'm excited, man. That, and I haven't had a guy like him yet. So, uh, man, that should be fun to watch. All right. Well, Jay, <laughs> we really appreciate the time. Thanks I a lot. I appreciate you. Thank hey, you. Man, thanks well, a lot. Good luck. Go, go. Jeff, I was impressed by just how candid he was with you in both his assessment of taking a step back in the G League to take a step forward and just where he was as a player and what to expect. What were your thoughts during the interview? I just thought I, he he shows a level of maturity that I think will show up in his game. And I think that, I mean, look, that's all the Sixers fans care about is how he plays. But as a man, you can tell he's grown a lot. And I think as a player... I think the U's and Oz, I, I think you can expect that. If, if if they learn to use him in the J.J. Redick role, he's not as good a shooter as J.J. is, but he could run the pick and roll a lot more effectively because of his quickness. You said his eyes lit up. When oh, yeah. When, when, and you heard him say he's he's never played with a player of that caliber before. I mean, I, th- that's always player, exciting for, for other players. Speaking of the player of that caliber. You were there, so I need to get the reaction in the room. Did mm-hmm. Joel Embiid take shots at Colangelo? I think so. I think most people in the room thought so. It was it was subtle in the way he said it, but tell it was, me, it, tell our listeners what he said and how you. It said was it. W- there was a discussion about how many games he was going to play this year, how they're going to manage his health this year. You know, he he's insisting that he's going to play more games than he did last year, which was in the sixties. I don't know if you how many games you really want him to play because you want the load management that they talk about, and now they have backup centers, like real centers, so so he can get away with it. But there was a point at which he was talking about load management and how the team is dealing with his health, and he, sa- he started talking about how he trusted Elton Brand and the current regime in a way that he didn't, and he said this, that he didn't trust the prior administration. And to me, that was a clear shot, and I think the other people in the room was a clear shot at Colangelo, that that he didn't trust the way that they were handling him. Well, uh, before— Which, by the way, should anybody trust whatever Colangelo did? 
I mean, come on. Not, not right. Really. So, so he's not taking a shot any more than anybody else in the city was. We've only got about seven minutes left in the show, so I want to run through a couple other things. I want to get to a team well, with questionable management right now in one second. But well, wait. First, shouldn't we talk about the Flyers? They just won seconds ago. That's what I wanted to ago. get to first. Yeah. The Flyers are undefeated this season. That's they are right. one and zero after a victory in Prague. With Gritty. Winning 4-3. to three. Carter mm-hmm. Hart is my starting goalie on my fantasy team, one of them, so I was happy with that. So how does that work? He did give up three goals. So is that, so those, does, are, does those are the, minuses. Does the W matter? Yeah, you get additional points for the win. All right, that, um, that's enough fantasy hockey goals. talk. You, you track shots and everything like that. All right, that. we're done. With I'm God. glad, glad right. you got that. Uh-huh. Um, but no, look, I mean, big win for the team. Far to travel over there. They had sort of a against a good team. I mean, yeah, they played, played the Blackhawks. Black Absolutely, come back one nothing. I'm surprised that I think they only chan- played one game there. I'm gonna, go all the way over there. I'm gonna miss Wayne Simmons. Okay, personally, but you, you know when you're really gonna miss Wayne Simmons when, when he, he comes in with them? the Devils and they play against the Flyers yeah. and he does everything. Which, by the way, is like in like, a week. Yeah, it's, is Are it going to be there? Home game? You're no. not going to be there. Right? No, I won't be there. So that. your first time going to the arena with the new will scoreboard, be the Sixers with the new scoreboard. Yeah. Are you excited? Who's more excited, you or your son, for that? Oh, my kid. Yeah, of I course know. He he's, he's more yeah. excited. He likes those guys. All right, now let's move to a team in disarray. Yeah. What are the Phillies doing? How can you? Higher, well, they, they got rid of their pitching coach, so we should be happy, everybody right? Everybody agrees is a good move, and look, right. I am happy. Except, well, Chris did, Young doesn't agree with it. Apparently, they offered him another position <laughs> in the organization, but I am happy they that do. they did not keep him mm-hmm. because they were worried of how it would be looked on, that they moved on from somebody after they made the decision last year to cut with their pitching coach, because clearly right. it did not work out with Chris Young. Mm-hmm. Explain to me how you have bench coaches without knowing who your manager is. Well, you do, wait, you do know who your manager is. Well, not necessarily. You're assuming that Gabe is going. I'm saying they haven't How, how many managers have been fired already eight, in the National League? Eight. Mickey Calloway the other day. They right. haven't publicly announced. By the way, would you want Joe Madden? <coughs> I don't know who I'd want. I want somebody who's not Gabe. And I don't blame <laughs> Gabe for this. Oh, I do. I well, don't. I wait. Think, I think Gabe... Why do, may, I you think, don't think that Gabe... I think Doug himself this I think his grave. Gabe was the chef that made a bad meal, but was given right. some poor ingredients with which to make it. Oh, I don't. Buy I think that he made all. the meal even worse, but I don't think that he had the you tools. had you had ingredients. Now your he, number three pitcher was Zach Eflin. You didn't have well, ingredients. No, no, I'm going to disagree with you. Zach Eflin is not a bad pitcher for a number three if, if you don't tell him to throw up in the zone. Again, it's how that this team used him, yes. Right, so whose fault is that? Well, who pitched pick the bench coaches? Gabe. Exactly. So it is, you just made my point. Thank you. No. You're just exactly me. There's that problem, but then there's the players <laughs> yeah, that were there. twist yourself out of this. No coach would have made Vince Velasquez right again this year because he continues to go back to the same things that whoa, he's done whoa, in past whoa. years. But who put Vince Velasquez in as a starter? Matt Klintak did. No, he did not. Matt Klintak does not make the decisions of who is going to be starting on a given day. He, Gabe Kapler makes those decisions. Okay. Gabe Kapler should have made the decision that I made two years ago that Vince Velasquez belonged in the bullpen. And if but the manager work, doesn't make that decision alone. He needs yes, to he ma- does. No, because the, 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 the manager the, gets – Gabe Kapler has enough oomph in this organization that he could make the decision of who his starters were. And he chose to, to ride with Vince Velasquez even though every single person who goes to a Phillies game knows that Vince Velasquez is not getting out of the fourth inning. I do not blame Gabe Kapler for Vince Velasquez. 
I'm sorry, I don't. He never should have had to work with Vince Velasquez as his starting Do you blame option. him for what happened to Reese Hoskins? Why didn't they get Dallas Keuchel? Wait. Why didn't they get any well, of eight other options that would have made it not necessary I to agree have Velasquez? With you. But who's that? But, Is that but Kapler's you can, fault? But you, but you can't blame. You can't say it's all. Ka- but is Clint Kapler Act. now supposed to go out and sign those additional starting no, pitchers but when they're available? He, no, Klentak is. He had enough with the, with the players that he had to have a playoff team. Oh, I get so that's, frustrated that's talking the fact. about this. Wait, you you whose fault is it that Reese they Hoskins regressed? They absolutely should have been a playoff team with the talent they. You're had. not answering my question. Oh, Who, whose fault is it that Reese Hoskins regressed? It's Kapler and the coach's fault yes, that he regressed. Yes, because they screwed with his head and they put him in at the top of the lineup. Why? But whose fault is it that Cesar was still on this roster in the first place? That you Cesar's out not of position your, he's not and your you problem. people playing where they don't need to play. Cesar's not your problem. Who sent Franco down? Did Kapler do that? Yes. No, he didn't. Oh, Contact made I, the move. No, I guarantee you that this that, that was an issue. We're going to find out that you there was cannot, an issue between Kapler. You cannot place blame on one without assigning some to the other. They are a team. I didn't they are say it's together. not Cl- Clintac's so fault. How are you I'm gonna... saying that the person that needs to take the most blame for this is Gabe Cap. So your thing is you either bring them both back or you don't bring either of them No, back. that's your point. Well, what do you want to do? I, right now, I just think Gabe needs to go. So you have faith that Clintac will get it right next year. Here, here's what I know. Clintac didn't get it all right in one year. But he did get it's the, the year best four. Wait, he got the best catcher in baseball. It's your so hold on. Four. He, did he, he made some very did, good. Did he moves. not get the best catcher in baseball? Did he also did, get some arms that were questionable? He did. I give you okay. credit for the moves did that he, were good. Did he not get rid of 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 sourpuss J.P. Crawford and get Eugene Segura? Did he not did, uh, assume did he, that Nick he, Pavetta would be in your starting five rotation? Well, when wait, there were legitimate there were people on star- ESPN who were who were saying that he was the dark horse favorite for Cy and Young. There's a reason why they're on ESPN and you and I have a microphone, and people in the Phillies are supposed to make those decisions. Clearly, they were wrong. That is a manager were, on the field they and wrong? a management off the were field. Were they issue. wrong, or was it because Chris Young was a horrible pitching coach? So Gabe Kapler takes no responsibility for who. Or, uh, so Matt Clentech <laughs> no, no, takes no responsibility the way for who Gabe Kapler put on the bench. You're like what? absolving Clentech no, of everything I'm not. here. I'm not saying I'm saying that he's not fire. He does not deserve a firing offense right now. Right now, the person that deserves the firing offense, if you're going to do anybody, is Gabe Kapler so because many. he's the he's the skipper. He's the guy that runs the show. He's the guy that wanted analytics here. Remember, I, I have analytics. Analytics are Animalist? not analytics are not bad. How people are using them is bad and wrong. Right. This team cannot use analytics effectively. Yeah. That's the problem. Right. I had so many other things I want to talk to you about. Now I'm out of time. Oh. I don't even get to the union. I don't yeah. get to the other major league baseball. I'm mm-hmm. glad you decided to show up today. Just, with all games Justin on TV. Verlander is is having himself a, a one hitter after seven innings. He's in line for his 14th postseason win, the most of anybody since his debut in 2005. Jeff, any last thoughts? You're out of time. That's it. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Make sure to join us next Friday night as you start your weekend in style. Have a great one, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.